1: hello and welcome to the self-love club the podcast chatting about stuff that matters real talk and lols i'm your host belle crawford thank you so much for joining me on the show part two of my conversation with ash mason the woman's life physio if you haven't listened to part one yet you may want to go back and listen first but whatever you do make sure you listen to both episodes Ash is a lot of fun and full of empowering knowledge, and alongside her work as a physio and mentoring, Ash created a program for popular health and fitness app Keep It Cleaner as their women's health educator. In part two, we chat about the pressures on women and an honest chat about cosmetic procedures, boundaries, and a listener question answered, what is a prolapse and how can they be prevented and fixed?
0: Another thing I've been doing is a bit of a social media cleanse. Like a lot of social media gets so much hate. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's what brought us together today, right? Like it has so many benefits, but you've just got to have like boundaries with yourself around it. So I curate my feed every now and then I'll go through and I'll unfollow it. If something pops up in my feed and it makes me feel like shit, I unfollow immediately. It's gone. Like I'm really strict with only making sure that I fill my feed with people that light me up or inspire me or, you know, make me want to be better in a good way. Like I make sure that when I log on, it's a uplifting, positive place for me. So I encourage other people to do that. If if you feel like you're always comparing yourself to people, unfollow the aesthetic lifestyle accounts that make you feel like you need the designer bag or you need all of these things. Because if they're making you feel that way, you don't need that in your life. And if it's friends or family that you don't, Want to unfollow them, that's okay too. Just like mute them so yeah. you don't see them.
1: <laughs> You're so right. At the moment, I've really been enjoying TikTok and I've noticed a trend of the that girl, you know, like the that girl yes. aesthetic, the products you need, the things you need. And if you like that, that is fine. Don't feel like you have to have those things to make you like your life worthy or you cool, you know, like mm. you don't need all the fancy stuff. It's also cool not to get yourself into heaps of debt as well. That's actually really cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Financial <laughs> empowerment is cool. Yeah.
1: Um, I, and again, like I
0: particular TikTok, I think Instagram's a lot easier to curate, but TikTok, it's like always giving you new content, right? You watch one thing and suddenly it gets blasted to you. So I find myself sometimes if I, cause I work in the health and fitness space, I often sometimes end up on like the side of TikTok that is like what I eat in a day or Mm. calories, sort of specific foods, or this is how I lost this much weight. And I often find myself having to take breaks from TikTok or, you know, you can hold the screen and say not interested so that it's like, doesn't keep coming up on your feed. You know, those little things it's all about holding those boundaries with yourself knowing what's the stuff that is your weakness that you don't want to fall into that trap of and for me it is that diet culture and certainly that that girl aesthetic culture (laughs) and things that make me feel like I need to be a different person so if it means taking a bit of a break from social media or curating your feed or unfollowing certain things then I'd really encourage people to do that because that is a really big source of a lot of unhappiness for a lot of people
1: yeah while we're on the topic of social media I thought we'd talk about you know like filters or having to look a certain way and I've seen you talk about you know you do this thing called Taboo Tuesdays is it Taboo Tuesdays? Yeah Yeah, and you talked about like you know people feeling like they have to have cosmetic injectables or and like here at the Self Love Club we are not judging people who want to do that or you do as long as you are kind to yourself and you love yourself or at least we're working on it, right? Because no one like you said yeah. earlier, we're not on a level of like complete self-love. We're always working towards it. But if you want to do that, there is no judgment and you do you. Yeah. But like this pressure on women to have their lips done and and look literally look like a filter. So talk to us about that.
0: I'd, so I did that at the taboos you say you're talking about. I did this um, video and the trouble is I did it, I recorded it on Instagram Reels initially and I only had 60 seconds. So I tried to like squeeze as much into it as possible. And when I transferred that across to TikTok. I mean, my Instagram community is like so supportive. I very rarely get any sort of negative commentary or hate just because like I've, you know, built a bit of a community on there. But TikTok, it kind of goes everywhere and you end up with all sorts of people. So when I put it on TikTok, I got a lot of people being like, oh, because I think I said gorgeous, gorgeous girls don't need Botox. And they, someone was like, gorgeous, gorgeous girls don't hate other women for their choices. And I was like, oh my God, no, that is not, Mm. not what I meant. I am absolutely with you. I am all about women feeling empowered to do whatever they want with their body, whatever makes you feel confident, do that. In the video, I said, I just hope that the women that are doing that know that they don't need it. And that's the difference. It's not a, you know, this pressure to get lip fillers. I was walking with a friend the other day that's meant to be getting married soon. And she was like, oh, she's never had any sort of cosmetic surgery, never done anything. And she's, she was sort of six weeks out from her wedding. And she was like, oh, I, I was thinking I might get the lip flip thing. And I was like, why? Like, you've never done that in your life. Why? She's like, oh, I just feel like, you know, I'm getting married and I should. And it's, it's this pressure of feeling like we need to, that is so different to doing something that you do because it's a form of self-care and it makes you feel good. So for me, I love putting on a fake tan and some makeup and getting dolled up, but I also know that I don't need that. I love using a filter every now and then, but I also know that I feel confident enough to put my face on social media without one. It's about doing the things, but also doing the other stuff to fill up your own cup and and get yourself worth from places. So it's not a I'm doing this cosmetic surgery or the whatever it might be because I need to. Like that's the difference. Mm. It's like not conforming to this pressure of you have to look a certain way because that's what I'm really big on pushing back on. That all just comes from societal norms and the fact that women are only celebrated when they look a certain way. So we all feel like we have to change ourselves to look like that. But if you want to do some Botox because it makes you feel a bit more confident, fucking go for it. Like it's mm. so, all for that like I like I said I love putting on fake tan and makeup and making myself look a little bit different to normal because it feels special and I feel confident doing that it's just all about doing the stuff that makes you feel confident but also having doing the work on self-love and self-worth at the same time
1: absolutely and the thing is I think there's a lot of misconceptions as well about things like Botox actually wears off in three months Botox you also have to go to a a nurse to get it done Um, obviously some places aren't going to be as good as others I think there's this judgment on women that maybe do get Botox that it, it wears off like within three months. It's very expensive. If you're gonna start, like yeah. you, need, you need some serious money. Trust me. Um, but I would say, like, yeah, I think you, what you're saying is right. It's don't think that you have to look a certain way to be beautiful. Don't think you have to look a certain way to be valued in society. It is unfortunate that there are certain aesthetics and certain looks. If you're tall, if you're blonde, if you're slim, if you're white, if you are you look a certain way, if your lips are a certain size, your eyes, your you know no wrinkles, your everything. It's so sad but unfortunately that Mm. is what a lot of, and not all the societal and social media norms of what you have Mm. to look like and that is what society thinks is beautiful.
0: That's it, it's like that feeling of if I don't do the Botox or if I don't do the lip fillers or if I don't get my lashes done or if I don't get my nails done or if I don't get my monthly tans then I'm not worthy. Like that's that's the trap that I don't want women to fall into. I want them to be like I can do that and feel confident AF but I can also not and know that I I am worthy of love. You know, like I said, I am all about female empowerment and doing what you want to do with your body. And I also have to accept that there is a strong level of privilege for me that comes from that. Like you mentioned, blonde, tall, thin and white. Yeah. Like I am, I tick those boxes, right? Like I understand mm. that other women that don't fit that aesthetic that society values, that's harder and that's mm. a different, experience for them. You know, if we're all just buying into this culture of aesthetic that we value, like I, I love following the likes of Flex Mummy and Body Positive Panda and people that don't look like me and like being able to celebrate their bodies. And I think if we're all just buying into the pressure of doing things, then it makes other women feel pressured. It's just this vicious cycle, right? Yeah talking about it and having these conversations and being open and not coming from a place of judgment. Like I'm I would love to sit down with people who do get Botox and lip fillers and things that I don't do and hear their reasonings for doing it. Like there's something really special and beautiful and and powerful about when particularly when women come together and talk because we so for so long for centuries and centuries women's issues quote-unquote women's issues have been like pushed under the rug or you know invalidated or made to feel like they're silly or you know nonsensical but when we come together and we talk about this stuff and we realize that we're not the only ones that are dealing with a lot of this that's where we start to break down stigma and that's where I love following some of those people that I mentioned earlier that are like loud and proud and passionate and you know sharing things that are outside of my own normal perspective and my own world so that I get their perspective on things and I think the more that we talk and the more that we have women that feel confident to do that to share openly and then more of us feel like we can in our own lives feel more confident a big one for me has been like acceptance around female self-pleasure and removing that taboo because I grew up in like a Christian school where it was like abstinence is key and it took me a really long time to come around to like masturbation is not dirty it's like not wrong it's like okay for guys but not okay for girls. Fuck Mm. that. And now I talk to my girlfriends about it. Like, and that took time. I certainly did not, that transition didn't happen overnight. God, like five years ago, me saying masturbation on a podcast would have like, (laughs) I would have cringed. Yeah. Being able to like have these conversations and talk openly without judgment and hearing other women's perspectives and, you know, learning different things and getting outside of our comfort zones and seeing different bodies and seeing different, you know, body types and different cultures and learning and understanding. And that only comes from people talking because if we don't talk, and we don't share it all, gets pushed under the rug, mm. and no one knows. And then that just breeds stigma and shame.
1: Totally. I love it. Yeah, you're so right. And you can, then you can, there's a more of a safe space to talk about it where you can be like, oh my God, how good is that new Satisfy Pro 2? You know, like, yeah, well, like actually, there's studies that show that women uh, that masturbate are actually quite intelligent, you know, like, hmm. <laughs> So gorgeous, gorgeous girls masturbate, you know? Gorgeous, gorgeous girls masturbate. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make it a TikTok sound. (laughs) We'll continue the rest of our conversation with Ash soon, but first, we're an independent podcast and there are some easy ways you can support us. Hit follow to subscribe on your podcast app. Hit follow on Spotify, Apple, we're on all of them. Turn on automatic downloads. If you're enjoying listening, leave us a five-star rating and write us a kind review. Show us where you're listening and post on your Instagram story and tag us at self-love club podcast. Keep up with us and follow at self-love club podcast. I'm at Belle Crawford on Instagram, Bell underscore Crawford on TikTok. And send the link to your friends so they can feel inspired and feel all the self-love.
0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Of goodness as well. Let's get back into our chat with Ash. We
0: said before, like empowering women to talk about Things without judgment, and we do that in some spaces and not in others. And it's—I grew up with a sister who is like naturally so so lean, like, but lives off a diet of macas and pizza. And if you didn't know her, you would think she's like unhealthy or like underweight. And I even growing up would would be like, oh, what, what do you have to complain about? You're so thin. But then she looks at me and goes, "Well, I wish I had your curves." We always want what we don't have, and I think you know, telling women that do fit that body type that society celebrates that doesn't mean that they don't have their own insecurities mm. we all have them you know we all have different things that we don't love about ourselves and just normalizing that experience and not judging other women for the insecurities that they hold I think that's entirely unfair and something that we really just need to stop to yeah stop, totally stop. don't, don't yeah. judge women for the, having insecurities they are totally entitled to having those
1: yeah and that's where I think like with social media I think I used to overthink it so so much that in a way that I would think about everyone else's who had it so much worse than me or everyone else that I would actually not think about myself and and I've sort of moved past it a bit now. It's like, I can share that, I can post that, I can wear that, you know, I, and because I think, you know, you, I was always worried that people will feel bad about themselves because I have something or I'm doing something but oh, I had to move past that because I think it honestly, like it held me back in a lot of ways because I was worried about everyone else so much. Also with social media, people take it in certain ways. Like you say, that video you made, you were not saying that women who get it aren't gorgeous it's just that that's a trend at the moment to say gorgeous gorgeous girls like I had that recently when I did what I did a video it was like gorgeous gorgeous girls get their booster shots and there was a sound on TikTok that was trending and I really wanted to use it and then someone commented well gorgeous gorgeous girls don't and it's like oh like someone's always going to twist your words so you may as well just say if it's from a good place and you're a good kind person like
0: yeah that's it and like The people that get you and understand you and love you for that will understand that and the people that don't won't. I think it's taken me a really long time as like a massive people pleaser growing up um, and still am. I have to work on it all the time, but it's taken me a really long time to be okay with the fact that I'm not for everyone. I will be too much for some people and not enough for others. And that is okay, that's that's just life. Yeah. There's always going to be someone there to tear you down, always someone there that doesn't agree with you, always someone there that's going to take your words out of context. But as you said, you've just kind of got to live your life and do the things that bring you joy. And for that one comment I had that told me I was judging women for their choices... Over on Instagram, I had like a hundred comments of people that were like, "No, thank you for sharing this. Like, I needed to hear this today." So, you know, you've just got to live your life. You've just got to do you, and the people that need that will find you and gravitate to you. And that's why we do what we do, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you can't please them all, and it's taken me such a long time to really learn that. Even last year, I was finding myself when your stuff grows, and then you get maybe more ah negative comment here or there. You start thinking that, oh gosh, you need to keep going and just forget about that. Just let it go. Speaking on that, you know, you talk about boundaries and I feel like we could record another uh, episode at some point, but like boundaries are so important when it comes to burnout with ourselves or with others, you know, being able to say no. And you talked before just about being a people pleaser, which I think a lot of us are. How have you learned to put boundaries in place, which then in fact help you not burn out?
0: I think a big thing for me was like the pandemic really taught me how to slow down and how to be okay with just being unproductive and just being with myself, doing my own thing in my own time. Because pre-pandemic, and it wasn't from a pressure thing. I didn't do it because I felt like I had to. I just, I'm such an extrovert, but that would often lead to me saying yes to everything. A, you know, a quiet, quote unquote quiet, I used to laugh because my I used to see this PT and every I'd see him on a Friday and he'd always say like, what's on for your weekend? I'd be like, oh, not much. And then proceed to tell him like six things that I was doing on the weekend. He was like, you, you know, that's a lot, right? I'm like, no, no, like it's like, it's, that's a quiet one. What are you talking about? (laughs) Like I would just bounce from thing to thing to thing. And if I had some dead time, I would actively seek out something to fill it with. And I think for me, I really like learned as best as I can. It it is hard in modern day society. You want to say yes to things. And especially after two years of social events not happening, there is a bit of a backlog. And I think that's probably why I ended up in a bit of burnout sort of heading into Christmas because you want to see everyone. You want to do all the stuff that you've missed out on. But I really learned that the what's the word, sacredness? Is that a word? Uh-huh. That, like the, the beauty in just being able to be at home with my cat and my partner, sitting on my balcony, Sipping my smoothie in the sunshine. Like that's really important time. I used to see that as dead time. And now it's like, no, that's actually like I need to do that. So a commitment I made to myself was to just not overcommit. Like try and have just a couple of things on the weekends and making sure like Sunday nights for me is my thing. Like I really try and keep Sunday nights sacred and make sure that I'm at home on Sunday nights so that I can sort of ease myself into the week. And the times that I say no to that and I do stuff and I say yes to other things, I always regret it. (laughs) Not because I regret doing the thing, but I wake up Monday, I'm like, why did I let myself down on that boundary? Like I wake up tired and then ruins my Monday. And then it like leads and bleeds into the rest of the week. I think one quote that's always stuck with me is every time you say yes to something, what are you saying no to? And often that's yourself. It's like, if you say yes to something else, you're saying no to yourself. And there was a a book that I read probably right at the start of the pandemic called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It is my favorite book of all time for anyone who hasn't read it. I'm like basically her unofficial ambassador at this point. Um, I put you on the payroll. Hi, Glennon, if you're listening, hey, um, here's my email. No. So there was this quote in there that I read and this like this quote hit me right in the chest. Your one job in life is to disappoint as many people as it takes to avoid disappointing yourself. And I read that quote and this was like, like I said, it was sort of right at the start of the pandemic. I was coming off a couple of years of being a massive people pleaser and over committing. And I read that and I was like, yeah, I'm disappointing myself every time I do too much and start my week off like a mad woman because I've done way too much on the weekend and I've overcommitted and I'm really letting myself down by doing that because that's kind of like what you were saying before with like you didn't want to be drinking and going out every weekend. And when you say yes to that stuff that doesn't align with your values, we're saying no to ourselves and to the stuff. That we do value. And the only person who loses out there is us. So it is hard. But another thing that I've got a beautiful friend who reminds me of this all the time because I do still need reminding no is a full sentence. (laughs) You don't have to justify, you don't have to explain why you're saying no, but just no is a full sentence and, you know, if no feels too harsh to start with, maybe start with, like, I can't take that on right now or I'm, I'm at capacity at the moment. or And you don't have to explain what you're even doing. Like no. if someone asks me for, hey, do you want to, like, go out on Saturday night? I, if you feel bad being like, actually, I'm just going to be sitting around with the cat, I'm just like, I can't this week. Could we do next week? Yeah. I don't have to explain why I can't. No. I don't have to come up with I'm an excuse. Just, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not able about, to do that. Yeah, I'm not able to do that. Yeah. And 100% of the time they go, that's fine. Next week works. And then you sit there and go, well, you know, I would have said yes. And I would have felt shitty about it. And I would have been a struggle to get there. And I would have, you know, been rushing around. And mm-hmm. it actually is so easy to say, no, we just work it up in our own minds that it's like, we're letting other people down. Yeah. But the only person we're letting down is ourselves by saying yes to something that we don't want to do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that being a people pleaser, which so many of us are and feeling like we're letting people down. And also I think I think in work as well. Like if you're if you don't say yes, the things that you don't actually not your responsibility, or you know if it's extras and things, or staying late. You know, I saw this TikTok about this girl who was saying, "Oh yeah, that's absolutely fine. I can stay work. That's fine. No worries. We we can sort it out." And then she's sitting there at like twelve at night, midnight, doing work, and she's just like because she has absolutely no boundaries, you know. But you don't have to say yes. It doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you bad at your job. But I think there's a lot of that tied in when it's work that you have to say mm. yes because then your boss is gonna look at you poorly or you're not gonna get that promotion or they're gonna think you're not uh committed or a team player, you know. I, I see so much of that in in our work culture, where it's if you have boundaries, like basically they want you to have no boundaries all the time, because if you do, it's like, mm, you're not a team player. Yeah.
0: And I think one thing about teams is that it is give and take, <laughs> not just take, take, take. So it is all well and good to every now and then take one for the team and stay back a little later to push. I mentioned before different seasons for different reasons. There's periods of your life where maybe you do need to hustle a little bit because you know there's a promotion coming up and you've got to put in that extra mile, but also know that there's other people have to be doing that too. And there has to be something that you get back from doing that. If that's not crossing a boundary for you, if you're like single and you don't have someone to go home to and it's actually like fine, if if the only other option was you were just sitting at home watching like Days of Our Lives or something and you'd rather take an extra shift and that's not crossing a boundary for you, go for it. Like that is so okay, but it's about working out what are the boundaries for you? What are you willing to give up or to let go of? And if the boundary for you is like, well, that means you're missing out an important family or friend, Time, then that's not okay to do all of the time.
1: Mm. I would love to hear about your experiences with uh with chronic pain. You said, and that's something that a lot of women do experience. So I think if you don't mind, would you like to record that another time? I would so love to have you. On I again. would.
0: Yay. I would love to be back. That's what happens oh. when you get two like self love advocates together, right? We could just like yeah. talk about self love. Well, there's just so
1: much, <laughs> and you don't want to like bog people down with too much information. Like, what is some advice? I like to ask this question. What is some advice you would give to your younger self knowing what you know now? What would you tell younger Ash? I think the
0: thing I would tell younger Ash is to not play small because I I mean that in like a physical sense and an emotional sense and a mental sense. Like I was always the tall one at school. I, like, I just felt like a giant amongst all of my friends who were all like tiny people, which is <laughs> the, the way they were. I think I always felt like I had to make myself smaller, both physically, emotionally. I had to be quieter. I felt like I had to make myself almost non-invisible. And as you've probably gathered, my personality is quite loud. And for many, many years, that meant holding myself back from stuff that I really wanted to do. Like I, when I was younger and YouTube was the thing, this is obviously well before TikTok and Instagram. I always thought like, oh, I'd love to be a YouTuber. And I just wish that I had have allowed myself to do do that that wasn't a pressure that other people put on me. No one ever actually said, no, don't do that. You wouldn't be good at that. I completely just convinced myself that I wouldn't. And now I'm making up for it with making as much content as I possibly can on uh, on social media, on TikTok and on Instagram. And I love it. Like it lights me up. I absolutely love it. And it brings me so much joy. And I just think of all of those years that I could have been doing that. And I was the only one that held myself back. So I think that is probably the biggest piece of advice I would give my younger self is to just fucking go for it. And yeah. don't make yourself small.
1: Yeah, you've given us so much advice during this conversation and just now, but what is something you would like to share with those listening who, you know, want to love themselves more and live a happy, happy life? That's what we want at the end of the day.
0: I'm just going to say give yourself permission. Take that however you interpret it to people listening. Whatever that thing is that you know you want to do or should do or you're trying to do, just give yourself permission to to do it. That's the best piece of advice I can give.
1: Yeah, now before I forget, there was one question I wanted one more question I wanted to add to the mix from someone who messaged through and they asked tips on how to stop and fix prolapse occurring.
0: Yeah, so Definitely pelvic floor. There's a lot of um, factors that aren't always in your control with prolapse. So things like how heavy bub is, what type of delivery you had, what your pelvic floor strength was like pre-pregnancy and then what the delivery was like. Was there trauma? Did you have a particularly long pushing phase? Um, All of those things go into it. Um, There's also a lot of genetics ask your mum or your aunties if they had one. And if so, you might be at a higher predisposition to. But pelvic floor really is your best defense. There's four stages of Pelvic organ prolapse. And in fact, now, most recently, really only in the last 12 months, I think, research is suggesting that they're now reclassifying a stage one prolapse, which is that first grade of descent, as quote unquote normal because it is really so common. I think the stat is something like one in three women who have given birth will have a prolapse or some level of prolapse in their lifetime. The first two grades, so that grade one and two, when we're talking about prolapse, just a bit of background information for anyone who doesn't know, it's a descent of the pelvic organs into the pelvic cavity. So often it's bladder, bowel, or uterus descending down into the vagina. Phase one and two are above the level of pelvic floor. So that's where pelvic floor really is your best defense. So I really encourage anyone, if it's within your means, if you've got someone local that you can travel to, to see a women's health or pelvic floor specialist physiotherapist for an assessment, because they'll be able to look at your pelvic floor. They'll also be able to assess and tell you whether you have a prolapse. Once it gets below that level, then really pelvic floor is absolutely still going to support the other organs that haven't prolapse, because, you know, it's not like you might have have a bladder prolapse that's grade three, but bowel and uterus might still be phase one or two. So you still want to do pelvic floor to protect them. But then we're really looking at things like pessaries for support or surgery if it gets really to the point to that point. So if you can from during pregnancy and that early postpartum phase get onto your pelvic floor, get assessed so you know you're activating correctly. There was a study done once amongst physiotherapy students that found I can't remember the number, but it was a really high percentage, like sixty or seventy percent of them were activating incorrectly, and these are people that like have done the anatomy training and understand what the pelvic floor is and they were still activating incorrectly so if you can get an assessment to make sure that you're activating properly so that you're not bearing down or causing more problems but that's the best advice I can give for yeah. preventing and, and treating prolapses oh. pelvic floor and make sure that you get an assessment.
1: Thank you so much for that advice I'm sure others will have questions which I can if they want to learn more about the content you give out they can find you your, your details will be in the show notes but of course make sure people do get in touch with Urinex expert in these fields, but people who are listening, if you've got issues or things going on, please speak to your health professional. They'll be able to help you out. They know your body and what's going on with you. Hey, Ash, thank you so much for your time today. It's so cool to record with you. I love seeing what you're doing and really loved having a chat with you today.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And absolutely, like, I will be back anytime. I'm Yay. like a like bad spell you can't get rid of. <laughs> so just like, you know where to find me. And yeah, for anyone listening, absolutely. Like, come say hi. Like, my DMs are always open if you've got a question or something you want me to create some content around. Um, I'm always here for suggestions and I want to know what people want to learn. So That's
1: all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you've listened to both part one and two of our conversation with Ash. We'll get her back on the Self Love Club soon. You can also watch videos of our chat at Self-Love Club Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you hit follow to keep up with our content. You can also follow me at Belle Crawford on Instagram, Belle underscore Crawford on TikTok. We'll be back in your feed with new episodes soon. And a heads up, I've been making another podcast. It's called It's My Move for sport nz featuring a lot of inspiring women to help others feel confident and empowered to move their way so check that one out as well on all podcast apps i'll catch you soon